This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by FirstRow.ca. If you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca, use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. They got everything from comic books to signed sports memorabilia to signed wrestling memorabilia. Anything you need or want, they got it. They ship worldwide. Even better, they update daily. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. If you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com. For great books on classic video games, you'll find titles like NBA Jam, Red Dead Redemption, Resident Evil, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. If you're looking for the best supplements and CBD products, visit LegacySubs.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST to receive 10% off. They have everything from sleep aid to muscle building. Anything you need or want. Anything that makes you look great. Anything that makes you feel great. They got it. They are Legacy Sports Nutrition at LegacySubs.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device you're listening to on. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. Takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts, travel mugs, anything you need or want, it is there. But the best thing, the easiest thing, the most important thing to support the show is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is a pro wrestler who's been tearing up the Canadian indie scene as of late. If you haven't heard of her, I guarantee you eventually will. The Smash Wrestling Women's Champion, Nikita. Hi, thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for being here today. What's going on? Oh, you know, just enjoying my first day off in a few days. I have a bunch of shows coming up this weekend, preparing to do three shows back-to-back, one in Montreal and London and then uh, Ottawa, so... There you go. Okay, how about this? Before we get into how you got started and all that, is there a limit on how many shows you would book yourself in a week? Or you're like, I want more, give me as many. I'll even do three in a day. Oh, yeah, as many as I can. Honestly, you know, it's funny because when I was when I came back to wrestling, it took a little bit of a break, but I came back and it was one of those where I was like, oh, I'll just take a couple here and there and kind of ease my way back into it. And then I was like, 
I did two shows and I was like, I want all the shows. You You missed that adrenaline rush. You sort of forgot that high that they say you can't bottle and it's the best high in the world. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You do one and you're like, I want more. I want them all, right? Like, there's no feeling like it. It's just, I absolutely love it. Oh my, okay. So how did you get into, because you got in at a young age. I believe you started around 19 or so. Were you a fan before or how did it all happen for you? I was, yeah. So I started watching because my dad was watching it. So my okay. dad was a huge boxing fan back in the day. And like, so I was born in Ukraine. Okay. And my dad used to watch boxing in Ukraine. We never got wrestling or WWE in Ukraine oh, at wow. that point. This was like, you know, the late 90s. So gotcha. didn't have that there. So when we moved here to Canada, my dad was kind of looking for sports and he found yeah. pro wrestling, which was kind of new to him. And, <laughs> you know, the daddy daughter time, it's like, come sit down on the couch, watch whatever I'm watching. And, I think I watched it twice, and then after the second time, I was hooked. Like, it was, really? I obsessed. Yeah, like, it became my life, and I knew, like, probably after, like, a couple of months of watching it, I was like, this is what I want to do when I grow up, so. So what was the match that did it for you then? Because we all have that one match that was like, oh, my God, this is so fantastic. You know, it's funny. It wasn't even a match. Oh. I watched a promo of The Rock. Oh, wow. Okay. From, like, 1999, <laughs> and I remember he... You know, he cut whatever promo he did. He raised his eyebrow, and I was like, wow, like, this is so cool. You know, so, like, after that, I just, there wasn't one single match, but it was The Rock, and it was the Hardy Boys, and I was so into it, and yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear. Okay, so then how did you get your foot into a wrestling ring, so to speak? What was the journey there? So, like I said, I knew pretty much from that moment that I wanted to be a pro wrestler. So, as soon as, you know, the internet kind of became a big thing... I started looking into, like, I was, like, 13, you know, I'd go on wrestling forum. Okay. Yeah, like, I would would look stuff up, I'd be like, what's in the area here, (laughs) what do we have? And I did find a training school here that I pretty much kept an eye on for, like, three years or so. Okay. It was, at the time, Squared Circle Training that was run by Rob Fuego. Yep. And I just remember seeing names like Gail Kim and Taylor Wilde and bunch of other people that I knew kind of went through that school or were associated there. So I kept my eye on it for a bit and I knew, you know, when I get to an age that's not 13, I guess, maybe a little bit older, (laughs) if that school's still around, I want to go there. So that's what I ultimately ended up doing. I, um, I ended up getting a job for the purpose of being able to pay for wrestling training. So I got a job at 16, saved up till I was like 17 and a half. And then I started my training. So how old were you when you had your first match? I think when I first debuted, I was like 18 and a half. So I did almost a year of training and yeah, I was still 18. Okay. Now what I always want to know, because I always have it in the back of my mind, if if I had the chance to become a wrestler, well, my first move that I would want to be a part of my repertoire, what was that move for you that you're like, I saw it's always going to be, I'm always going to do this my whole career. You know what? It's hard for me to say because it was one of those where I was trying out all these different moves of my favorite wrestlers. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, like, I I always wanted to kind of make myself a mixture of everyone that's ever kind of inspired me, and I actually ended up settling on, or not settling on, but I, the Tequila Sunrise is a submission that I didn't originally think this is going to be part of my repertoire, but as soon as I saw it, and I did it, I was like, this is going to be my move forever, and it's probably one of the only moves I've kept in, like, the the decade that I've been around, I guess. (laughs) 
You know what? I wonder if it's because it's a Canadian thing, but I'm a sucker for any good submission hold as a finisher. And anyone like shout out to Conan because that that's what made me like Conan. Well, obviously the NWO and, and his shtick. That guy was awesome back in the day, one of a kind. And still is to this day. His mind is, is awesome. But it's like people like that is who I always gravitated to, like Bret Hart, obviously, and so many others that had a, a finishing move that it's like, oh, it's good to see a finishing move and a regular finisher, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I always wanted to make sure I had like a submission and the regular move because I think submissions are so cool and sometimes or not not always, but they are underutilized, I think. And I always liked moves, especially finishers that you could do on any type of person, any size, any weight. It doesn't matter because then after you're not stuck and then like, you know what I mean? Because if you can't perform yeah. like like for for example, Rey Mysterio's perfect example. If he faces any sort of guy who's taller than him, obviously he does a 619. He can hit that on anyone, right? So it's perfect. Yeah. So stuff like absolutely. that is awesome to have also in your repertoire, right? Oh, absolutely. So what is your favorite finisher of all time then? So I am a huge fan of Triple H, and I absolutely love the pedigree. Sure. Love it, love it. And again, it's one of those moves you can do on anyone. <laughs> right. So I love it. <laughs> um, a move that I cannot do that I thought was the coolest thing for a finisher okay. is a moonsault. Really? Um, yeah, you know, like I unfortunately, I think one day I'll get there. It's one okay. of those things where I'm kind of slowly trying to get to that. But definitely I used to love watching Lita and have mm. her hit, like, you know, see her hit it. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool, right? No, exactly. And I think hers still stands the test of time. There's been so many people, even male included, I'm, I'm putting every wrestler out there, that hers looks one of the, like when she puts her hands right above her knees on her thighs and then she's about to take off, that's like... Again, a work of art. It's a masterpiece. You can't get a better moonsault than that, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Even, like, her last match, she just came back. Right? That tag match. Becky Lynch, like, she did it. And I was, like, compared to so many other people who have done it, like, it just looks so clean and so good, right? Like, she just floats. And, and you could tell the people who aren't forced into the high-flying, like, it looks crisp. Like, I don't mind big men who could pull it off. But at the same time, it needs to look good and like, 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 you know what I mean? And it doesn't look like it's going to actually hurt someone. Cause that's another thing that again, talking to wrestlers and stuff through, throughout the years now, it's like, no, I don't want to see no one get hurt anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Like if it looks good and it's safe, that's perfect. The perfect combo. So you mentioned that you took a little bit of time off in between wrestling. Was that because of injuries or just, you just had enough of it? What was going on there? Uh, originally I broke my leg oh, no. in multiple places. So I was doing, uh, at the time we had new Japan, I guess, came to kind of scout talent from our training school. So we we're doing a bit of prep and some tryouts for them. Nice. And it, it, it was just a freak accident where I ended up breaking my leg oh. right before that. So I ended up breaking it in four different places. I didn't get surgery. So it was a long recovery and mm. it was kind of a buffer zone for me where it was a few years into my wrestling career and I was kind of, you know, I was like, I don't really have any education or job experience. So I, I decided to take a bit of a break, which turned into a very long break that, <laughs> you know, no regrets or anything. Like I sure. do wish I came back a little bit sooner than I did, but at the end of the day, like I'm back now. So I'm very happy, but yeah, it was just one of those where I took a long break. I thought about coming back every year since I didn't come back, you know, and then it was just like, oh, should I do it? Should I not? Am I getting too old? You know, but then at, at one point I was like, you know what? Like, I love it. I miss it. And I just, I want to be back. So. Oh, that's awesome to hear. So I've seen you a few times in the ring now, uh, most specifically with Smash, because I love watching. That's one of my favorite promotions here in Ontario. 
like Seb puts on a great show and everything from top to bottom is fantastic. And even the collaborations like with WXW and so forth and so on. And the one thing I look in a wrestler is three, three things right off the bat. It's the in-ring, which to me, again, being Canadian, you got to be technical. You got, it's got to be snug. It's a must, right? The look, like, uh, I hate to say it, but that indie-ish look is not really like, if it looks like your backyard wrestling, I can't really take you that seriously. And then also mic skills. Now, I haven't seen you on the mic yet. I've seen all the other two, which you check off brilliantly. Are you comfortable on the mic? And if you are, have you always been that comfortable on the mic? So I want to say, yes, I am. I do enjoy going on the mic. When I first started, okay. I was doing a bit of a Russian character. So oh, okay. I'm Ukrainian. Um, and at the go. time, I was just doing, you know, the typical, like, USSR Russian sure. character because I speak Russian. <laughs> so I used to get on the mic at the beginning of every entrance or right after every entrance we'd get in the ring. It was me and my uh, tag partner at the time, Boris Brezhnev. And I'd be kind of like the mouthpiece, so I'd go and I'd just talk Russian. And I, I, I had a really good time with it. It was fun. Uh, since coming back, I haven't done as much mic work. I have done it a couple times where I've come in, done my entrance, and used the mic. Sure. Um, I enjoy it. I think part of what I like is, like, you know, especially as a heel, is you kind of get to say your piece and you wait for the crowd reaction. <laughs> and usually you get that reaction, right? Like what? say, I don't know, like I came to Detroit and I was like, you know, this filthy, disgusting <laughs> town. I kind of right. just said my piece and then you kind of pause and everyone's booing and you're like, yeah, okay, this is, this is cool. So I've always been someone that's been comfortable, like public speaking and around crowds and I do enjoy going on the mic. Um, as far as my promo skills that are not in ring on the mic, I, they could probably use some work. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm great sure. at everything. I enjoy... I enjoy doing it live more than I do recording it because I oh, feel like okay. I can come across a bit more genuine sure. when I'm live. So that's just kind of where I'm at right now. And plus, you're feeding off the people when you're live and you get to see their reactions. Like, you know, everything video is either acting and or everything is afterwards, the post reactions. You know what I mean? And it's already too late. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally get that. Some people are like, no, no, I'd rather just record. And it's like, yeah, but at the same time, if you're not, I, I understand if you have fear of speaking in front of people and stuff but at the same time just zone all that out i think it's a lot easier and okay you mentioned it. you love cutting heel promos and stuff do you think there's going too far as a heel or anything goes in wrestling you know what i think there's there's going too far in a good way like you look at mjf currently of let's course. say and he, he does a really good job of almost suspending disbelief <laughs> and half the time you're like oh wow like this is a bit of a shoot or you know, like, he kind of takes things personally, but he does it in a way where I think it gets him good heat, and it's not, you know, it's not really cutting into anyone's personal life where you're kind of like, ah, someone listening to this might be like, why was this said, right? So I think right. there's certain things, um, you know, like, like going back to, like, when Punk was in the Fed and they kind of talked about, like, alcoholism and his family and stuff, like, maybe that right. could be a little bit too far, because, you know, at the end of the day, especially on the indie level, we're we're here for reps, we're here to have fun, we're here to hang out with the crowd. So, sure. you know, I think at the end of the day, you don't want to insult people or, you know, kind of make people feel bad when they leave the show, right? Like, you want to be a heel, you want them to hate you, but you don't want them to be like, wow, I can't believe they said that. And like, you know, you don't want it to stick with them. So I think to a certain extent, maybe anything goes, but you have to be mindful, right? Especially the way things are in this day and age where, People are a bit more outspoken about stuff, right? That's so true. The cancel culture, right? If you say the wrong thing, that's it. You're done. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like even the cancel culture in terms of like 
going back to like my former gimmick of being Russian, right? Like even with the whole war with Russia, Ukraine right now, like right. I've heard there's some wrestlers that came and get booked because wow. simply because of the gimmicks, right? Like, That's and nice. so you, you gotta like, unfortunately you have to know what's out there in the world right now. And you can't sometimes go that way. Right. Like, no, it's true. And to me, if it's cutting a promo to the audience, anything goes. Cause again, they paid their ticket. They're there for the show. And again, everyone has to know to spend disbelief. And in terms of one-on-one promos with wrestlers going back and forth, as long as they're both okay with it, go at it, go crazy. But again, I know if, if, cause sometimes it does feel a bit weird, especially when like people's relationships are involved, like shoot relationships and stuff. It's like, we all know the backstory. Now you're bringing it up too. It's like, Oh, this is a bit uncomfortable as a fan, even to watch. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what, again, like somewhere like AW or WWE, where you can kind of maybe suspend people's disbelief or go into a little bit of, you know, kayfabe there. It could be good and it could work out. I think for indie wrestling, it's a little bit harder to do. And sometimes people can take it more personally, and obviously not all fans know what's going on behind the scenes, et cetera. So I think it really just depends on where you are. And that's the one thing I think that would break through indie wrestling, honestly, through the roof, especially here in Ontario, because it's already jam-packed. But I think it would take it to the next level if indie wrestling could sustain storylines week after week. Obviously, we all understand why, because it's a revolving door. So you really don't have the same players every week. But I think that's what honestly would make people come back for more and more. And Smash does a wonderful job because you have people like yourself and other people who literally there almost every time they have a show on a yearly basis. So you could stretch a storyline. But like, again, it, it's so hard to walk that fine line, right? It is, yeah. And like you said, I agree with that because I do find a difference even like there's certain places like Smash where I would have a storyline. You kind of come in each show, whether it's once a month or once every two months, and the fans kind of get into it, right? Like, they're excited, they're excited about the matches, and they can still get excited about matches and other promotions where there's no storyline, but then sometimes it's like, okay, just me versus whoever, and no one, like, people aren't as invested in it, Mm -hmm. so it definitely makes it more fun with storylines, but yeah, like, it's, I think on the indie level, it's very hard to do storylines, because like you said, it's a revolving door, people are available, they're not available, and you know, it just becomes a little bit more complicated, but I do think it is a big make or break. Like even even cutting promos to add mm. a bit to the storyline. Right. Like I think even if you have a one off match and a promotion, I've noticed personally, like if I cut a promo about it and that's shared, mm-hmm. the fans are so much more pumped, right? And like you you actually see like people share it, fans are reacting, people are commenting, as opposed to just Nikita versus whoever and then you kinda show up and do it. Because I found a lot of the times fans are like, okay, well, what's this about? Who's face? Who's teal? Like, depending where you're wrestling, right? Exactly. So, storylines are huge. No, exactly. And I, and I still want, like, the so-called guys that are, and gals that are on TV to show up every once in a while. Because I think that's what brings people in. But I don't want people like yourself and others who are strictly on the indies for now having to that match to be the washroom break match like you know what i mean so you got to have like a little bit of both and i love it when they bring in the stars and have them wrestle the local indie person instead of star versus star because you see that on tv what's the point oh totally yeah and you know it's such a great opportunity for the indie guys too just to go out there and wrestle someone at a higher level right i think it's amazing okay so i said it. you traveled all across canada you've been to detroit what are some of your favorite cities and venues that you've performed over the years at I absolutely love London. I think Ooh. London is great. Okay. Um, also, absolutely love the fans in Ottawa for Acclaim Wrestling. Uh, really good energy. Everyone's always super excited. So I love that. Um, Montreal as well. I've had a lot of fun in Montreal. And Halifax, actually, oh. recently. Just So we went 
for UCW back in November. And, okay. you know, like people still message me like, when are you coming back to Halifax? What? And fans were so excited. <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, it's almost hard to pick. Like Toronto's fine. Like the fans here are great. Sure. But it's just when you go somewhere super far where, where they don't always get to see wrestling mm-hmm. and then they have that show once every four months and the crowd's just like the energy is so big, right? I know. So I definitely love shows a little bit further away because i think it's sometimes a little bit more special have you been on any like weird type of wrestling shows or even event like venues where it's like in a barn or something or outdoors yes so when i first started i did quite a bit of outdoor shows um we did a lot of fair shows Uh, and then the first tiger fest i was part of the first okay yeah yeah um i vividly remember it being like super hot and the canvas of the ring was black and i just remember like every time you took a bump you were like oh my god i'm getting burned right (laughs) so it's fun like that and then i remember we did a show i believe it was like in tilsonburg at a fair and it was raining and they had a blue canvas and just like your gear got dyed and i remember i was wrestling uh rosemary who at the time was courtney rush right and i gave her like a face bump and she was wearing a white top and then she came up and like she had like an outline of her boobs on her way top oh, no. and I was like oh no I'm so sorry <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no. yeah and I think I've wrestled also for another promotion and it was I think in a barn like there's no animals there but there's just like hay everywhere and you know so it's kind of funny like just different types of venues you think about over the past few years and it's like you never really think like oh when I'm wrestling when I grew up I want to wrestle and you don't think of like barns and I know right fun but you know it makes for fun stories right Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, okay, how about this? What's the favorite and least favorite thing that you think is a part of wrestling? Um, so, for me personally, the least favorite would just be, you know, sometimes there's not enough talent in this area. I find in Canada and Ontario, for women, I find that you have your, your regular, before. like, five, six women. Yeah. And they're all great. I absolutely love them. But it is... You know, sometimes people book these matches and you're like, man, like, I absolutely love working this person, but we've had 10 matches in the last, like, three months, right? right. So it's like, people only want to see Nikita versus Slezia Sparks so many times before they're like, <laughs> okay, we've seen this, right? I get so, it. Yeah, so I think that's one of my least favorite parts about wrestling right now, especially in Canada, is that the talent pool is a little bit smaller than it would be in the States. Uh but honestly, my I, it's hard to choose a favorite part. Like, I just love everything about wrestling. I love the travel. I love the fans. I love the creativity that you get to express. And it is cool where I think you can, you know, you can wrestle the same person, but you can switch who's heel, who's face, and have a completely different match. Or, you know, you can have a certain moveset that you do as a character, and you mm. wrestle a different person, and how you kind of put those moves together with that person can just be so creative and so magical. And like you come up with these spots and you're like, wow, this was so cool. Right. So I love that aspect of wrestling. Oh no, I totally get it. Okay. How about this over the years? I'm sure you've gained a lot of advice. You've heard a lot of advice, learned a lot of stuff, but what was that one aha moment when someone told you and then everything just clicked for you? So my biggest aha moment was when someone pretty much told me you need to find your brand and who you are because you can go out there and you can kind of create a character or you can be a heel but if you don't have a brand or understanding of what your brand is Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to project exactly what you are right so it's one of those where you're like you know like you you can change up who you are but if your brand is the same 
people are going to be like, ah, this is Nikita. And like, they'll see your trademark and they'll be like, oh, this is her. Right. right. So something that makes you stand out where That's as soon one. as fans see that thing, they're like, ah, this is you. So I think that was the biggest or the best piece of advice I've recently received that I've been trying to kind of implement. And you know what? It makes sense, especially nowadays. I know you mentioned it, though, that there's not enough women wrestling in Ontario and stuff. But across the board, wrestling in general, everyone nowadays is a great fucking technical wrestler. So you can't stand out that way. Like, you know, everyone's a high flyer now. You can't stand out that way. It's either you got to be like a huge monster or, like you said, you got to stand out by your brand, by your gimmick, by how you present yourself. So people know that's who that is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember like one of the things I was discussing with that person was, you know, like, yeah, you can be a really good wrestler. You can cut great promos. You can look good. But there's also hundreds of other great wrestlers out there. So what is it that makes you unique, right? No, exactly. And I totally agree. Okay, how about this one? From start till now, what has been the biggest change in your career? Either gimmick-wise or even set moveset-wise? You know what? So there's been a huge change from when I started to now. Like, it's completely different. When I first started, I had, like I said, that Russian gimmick. So originally, I didn't even speak English when I first right. started. You know, a lot of it was, uh, I guess, my partner at the time, Boris Brezhnev, he had a certain moveset. So, like, as his partner, we had kind of similar movesets or complementing movesets. So a lot of the stuff I did was kind of geared towards that, whereas... When I came back, I kind of changed the whole gimmick. I branched mm. out a little bit more. So True. my moveset's completely different now. The way I work my character is different now. Oh, wow. uh, the way I work my heat is very different now. Like Whereas before, you know, because I don't speak English, you could yell at people in Russian, but they don't understand, right? True. So they're, they're going to boo you, but they don't really know <laughs> what you're saying. Whereas now, I can say certain things and people understand. And then they're like, oh, man, she's so mean, right? So huge change for me and like just totality of everything i've done recently oh well, but again that's good because then it shows your range and also that you're able to morph from one thing to the other because there's nothing worse i hate to say it and if there's people out there that have this then i'm sorry but to be the same gimmick or character from start till now is sort of like you're not progressing so why would anyone want to take a chance on you right right yeah i think you can just evolve as a person or get new ideas or even if you keep a similar character, but you somewhat add on. To exactly. It, right? Add, take away. Exactly. And then yeah. you see it. Like, to me, the perfect that I always use is the Gold Dust character. From the mm-hmm. original Gold Dust being that sort of actor to what he became at the end with Luna. Oh my God. Those two, you would never think that would be his path towards the end of that gimmick, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's fantastic. Any pre match or after match rituals that you do? Uh, not really. The only thing I really do, to be honest, is I'll just do my little warm up. Like, think of the Brock Lesnar entrance. Oh. Just doing that in the back. Sure. <laughs> just, hey. Just hopping around, you know, jumping around, getting my adrenaline going. But I don't really have a ritual. I like to sit down before my match and kind of visualize myself coming out, and you know, just kind of getting myself ready in character by visualizing being mm. out there. But that's about it. I don't really have a really big ritual or anything post-match that i do how about gear wise do you wear something specific every single match since you started so yeah i do have a specific set of gear that i wear Uh, i recently added to it like a little bit of a jacket and glasses but my gear is the same it's in different colors but it is the same gear so yeah okay do you keep up with today's product do you have time in your schedule to at least watch some current wrestling 
I honestly don't have time. I try my best. It's always the you same. know I'll read I'll read the dirt sheets sure. or I'll I'll hear about a match or someone will say something and I'll try to find it on YouTube or you know I know a pay per view is coming up so I try to see who's wrestling who and then if I can find it I'll watch it. But for the most part, it's very rare that I'll be able to actually sit down and watch anything. Like every once in a while, I'll watch like AEW here and there, but. Sure. I really, you know, I, I work a lot and then I try to fit wrestling in and just all this of other course. stuff in my life. So I try my best, but I can't say I keep up with everything. See, it's so crazy that majority of the wrestlers out there don't even watch any of the product, but it's what you loved. It's what you grew up on. Like that's like the takeaway from be- becoming a wrestler. It's like, oh, yeah, you're a wrestler. You get to do it, but you never get to watch any of these awesome pay-per-views or matches until you retire. <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's crazy how that works okay so okay let's go a little bit back then because one era that people always dog on is the diva era because everyone knows you know they weren't really seen as wrestlers whatever but i think there were still some gems like people like aj beth phoenix soraya now obviously and even the start of, of mickey james so there were still some core good wrestlers back then what are some of your favorites and or favorite moments from that era of women's wrestling yeah, so to be quite honest, when the Divas era was happening in the WWE, I was watching more so of TNA wrestling. Oh, Impact. hey, I'm a and huge TNA More so mark. for that reason, because they actually had women who were wrestling. Mm. Um, so my absolute favorite is Gail Kim. I absolutely love her. Of course. Um, fantastic wrestler, and you know she trained out of the same school that I trained out of, so I absolutely loved watching TNA back then. Um, in terms of like... Any other female wrestlers? Like, I grew up watching Trish and Lita, right? So I loved Lita. But other than that, I, I was one of those females that more so looked up to men because men were the ones that were wrestling, right? Ah, okay. So what are some of your favorite men's wrestlers over the years then? Oh, so definitely Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Triple go. H, the Hardy Boys, and AJ Styles. Oh, okay. AJ's pretty recent. He is, but I started watching him back in like 2004, 2005 TNA days, and that's when I was like, "Those guys unreal." So when he got signed by WWE, I was like, "Yes, like those guys so good, absolutely love them." You know what? I'm the same way. I like at the time I was so sick of the WWE product because it was the same thing over and over. Like I was not a big fan of the ruthless aggression and uh, that little span afterwards. So TNA was perfect for me too. I loved it. Like. It was from top to bottom. I think they had an event. Their pay-per-views killed it every week. And it was. It was the women's division that pretty much brought me in too. Because it's like, oh shit. These girls look good and could go at the same time. This is totally different what they're presenting on WWE TV. Like, you know what I mean? And then you still had like the awesome cons of the world and stuff. Who's super badass. And I love that character. And it's like, you see, this does work. Why can't WWE? Now, obviously they are because of the women's revolution and all that. But everything TNA did at the time was so revolutionary. And I don't think they get their props as they deserve from back in the day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine if they had the backing of someone like Tony Khan back in the day, what TNA would be now today? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, yeah, like you said, WWE has had their women's revolution, and it's been great. The women are main eventing. They're putting on some fantastic matches. But really, you know, we should give TNA credit because they were doing it long before WWE was, right? Like, they were giving their women great matches. They were giving them time. They were giving them storylines. And it was just nice to be like, hey, as a female who's growing up, you know, I'd rather tune in to Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong. That was one of my favorite feuds. Right. right? As opposed to tune in to, like, their diva search and doing the brawn panties matches and stuff. So, 
No, it's so true. And I, I always forget their name now. You Obviously, you'll probably remember when it was um, Velvet Sky and uh, what's Oh, and Angelina Love. Yes. Yeah. Like, so they still had that WWE type of character for those people as well. Yeah. But even their characters, they were still badass chicks because they would come, come out and kick people's asses, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, they came out, they were beautiful. Their whole gimmick was the beautiful people. But that, they, is, yeah. they they got to wrestle, right? So that, that was the cool part about it, is they got to go out there and have long matches and kind of storylines and everything like that. Now, my favorite era is obviously the Attitude Era, because that's what I grew up with. Did you Were you able to go back and catch up on some of the Attitude Era type of stuff as well? Yeah, so I grew up originally with, like, the end of the Attitude Era. Okay, so I was so watching, like, the end of 99 until, like, you know, your 2001. I have obviously gone back since then to the earlier 90s and rewatched it but definitely i would say like the 98 to 2001 because that's kind of what i started with and grew up with that's my my favorite era by far and i again i feel so sorry for the talent back then because these women could go in in the like in the attitude era like you had the jazzes the victorias the jacklins of that time and it's like they were only given literally two minute matches and then bra and panties matches and mud matches and stupid nonsense shit that just made them look ridiculous and it's like but all these girls could go because majority of them came from wcw where they were either there as a kick-ass valet or were actually in the ring too yeah absolutely and you know what i do think to a certain degree and especially in that era there was I think room for both. Like you can have your sables who had like the pasties, sure. which is the, the fans went crazy for that. Or you can have your the cats, and like there, there's room for that. But then you had your ivories, your like you said, Jacqueline, all those women. And I think I honestly can say like there are definitely trailblazers that don't get enough of a recognition for just being there and even throughout that era sticking it out and doing matches and kind of going through with it. They, they would still do their bra and panties matches once in a while, but they were still there and they were still wrestling. And even Sable, like how many matches she ended up having, right? Like right. those true. women still went out there and kicked ass. So I think that's pretty awesome. I think sometimes people don't realize that even back in that era, they were still kind of, kind of going between both, right? No, it's true. And now in today's day and age, it's a little bit different where you don't have to so-called pay your dues. If, if you could go, you could go. And I know there's still a group of people who look down on that, but majority don't. And, and especially back then, it was like Sable, like she was a model, like, you know what I mean? She came in, didn't do anything, no proper training and just here, you're, you're right in, you win the women's championship, all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I, people should give props to that where she was still able to go. And yeah, it's true. I think if, okay. Yeah, pay your dues, learn the business and all that fun stuff. But if you're able to go like the likes of Jake Paul, for example, nowadays, uh, Bad Bunny, like these guys could go. Why not give them a chance? And imagine if they did get be able to train, how much better they would be too. Oh, totally. And then I, one example I like to use too is Trish Stratus because, Perfect you one. know, she's known as one of the greatest, right? And if you look back to when she debuted in 2000, she was a fitness model. And, you know, her early days with wrestling and her matches, she was obviously not quite trained yet, but she got there and she ended up being one of the biggest names, like a huge legend, right? So I definitely think, you know, you could start off maybe as someone who didn't grow up watching wrestling. I know she did, but, you know, you can start off as a diva search model and then right. become like, you know, the Bella Twins kind of did their thing. So sure. you can, but I do love the fact that, you know, people start off loving the product and then they train to wrestle and then they make it. Like, I love that story and I think there's yes. so much more heart behind it. So I definitely appreciate a story like that a little bit more. But Well, I'm the same way. I love when they bring in so-called celebrities or crossover athletes that actually are fans of wrestling mm -hmm. and know 
the psychology and stuff, what what to do. Like, you know, there's nothing worse than someone like Jay Leno coming in and doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I know I'm dating myself, but that's who I can only <laughs> think of. Like, you know what I mean? Like people like that. It's like, ah, oh, like get out. Like even uh, right now, the most popular wrestler, I think, in my opinion, is Sami Zayn. When he had that match with all the guys from Jackass, you could tell they were fans of wrestling and they were all having a blast. And that yeah. was, to tell you the truth, one of my favorite matches during that WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> it was a very fun match. Yeah, right? absolutely. And- but even like you look at someone like Ronda Rousey, who is a huge name in UFC, Another but like one. she's talked about forever how much she loved wrestling when yep. she was growing up, right? So like, and I think that translates well because there are some people who go from MMA to wrestling and maybe don't do as well or they're not quite sure how to do the transition. But she, I think, did fantastic. Like she did great because she was a fan and she knew kind of how it worked, right? So I think it definitely makes a difference when you start off as a fan and it kind of is that much more special than if you just kind of get brought in and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I'm going to throw in Shayna Baszler. Cause right now, like I, I hate that she felt not her, her own fault, but cause of booking, but she was so red hot in NXT when she was there. I thought she was going to come in and do the exact same thing. But then now she's a little bit more back on with Ronda and stuff, but Oh my God, she's one of my favorite female wrestlers going. And she always was. Cause I used to follow her even MMA career before. So I, I used to see her on the Ultimate Fighter and stuff back in the day. And then to see her transition into pro wrestling, because I knew she was a huge fan. Oh, my God. Th- to me, that's one of the perfect crossovers right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and the other one on the men's side, again, not having to pay dues. And again, everyone knows his story. And I'm a huge fan. I don't care what anyone says. Is The Miz. Like, he, again, here's another guy who came from reality TV. Two-time Grand Slam champion, like, you know, whoever would have thought that this guy would amount to what he is, and I still think he's not getting the respect he deserves, honestly. Oh, I agree. I'm a huge Miz fan. Like, I think he probably has one of the best characters and is so good at his right? in-ring work. Like, his mic skills, everything, his promos are fantastic. He's great. So, yeah, I do think there is that small amount of people who can say they weren't really fans. They came in and they just excelled at it, and that's fantastic. But, yeah, there's also that. I think I do think when they kind of look at who they want to hire, I think it would be, you know, like looking at people who have wrestled versus have not wrestled, you know, I think there's a bit of a disconnect there, which is unfortunate. But, you know, hopefully it goes back to looking at people who have been wrestling for a while. No, exactly. And, again, going back to wrestling for a while, and you mentioned it, Lita coming back and winning the Women's Tag Team Championship with Becky Lynch, who has come out in the Middle East at a time after time, even before, that Lita was one of her inspirations to get into wrestling and all that. Now, if you had the chance to win the Tag Team Championship with any woman in any era in her prime, who would you pick? Hmm. Any woman in any era in their prime. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, as as weird as it sounds, I would probably pick someone like Charlotte Flair. I know she's in her prime right now. No, hey, that's fair. I think she's fantastic. I absolutely love everything she's able to do. And just if I could win the titles with someone, I would love for it to be her. She is so, so good in my opinion. Well, she is up there. And look, she. I think, again, because I'm maybe I'm older, but she's in her prime and she hasn't even been wrestling that long. And she's already up there as the top five of all time, if not the best of all time. And it's like, speaking of brands, look at her, the way she presents herself, the way she walks into a room, like everything. It's just, oh my God, chef's kiss. Oh yeah, she comes out and it's just like the presence of her alone, right? Like I think she definitely has that it factor. And it's crazy to think that she started a little bit later and she's just, she like, who would have thought, you know, six, seven years ago that when she came in, she'd be main eventing WrestleManias and 
you know, I think that's fantastic. And plus to shed the whole Ric Flair being her dad thing. No one even brings that up anymore. Like, you know what I mean? She's just oh, no. Charlotte and that's it. You don't need the, the Rick attached to it anymore. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, you definitely don't. Although the one other woman that I would want to win titles with is China. I think China oh, was. Oh, there's a good one. Yes. Yeah, that's there's another one that doesn't get enough respect because she's the one I think broke the barriers of this whole intergender wrestling that's now obviously hot everywhere and it, it's a big thing. And yeah, she was like the originator of that shit, right? Oh yeah, she was so good and she got so much respect wrestling the men, right? Like it was, it was almost weird to bring her into a women's division, right? I when know. They it wasn't fair at the time, I think. No, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> Like, you know, at least nowadays, it's a little bit different. Like, a perfect example, too, is um, on AEW, what's her name? I always forget her name. Jade Cargill. Like, there's a perfect example. Like, no one could match up to her physically, but it's like, eventually she's going to have to lose, but it's like, who are you going to pick and this, this, and that. But I, but nowadays, I could see her losing that, where versus if she came, if she was in China's era, I don't think anyone would be able to beat her, honestly. Oh, totally. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay, before we get to other stuff, because I want to leave wrestling a bit and see what else is up with you. Your gear. We touched on it a little bit. You don't wrestle in your traditional wrestling boots or shoes. You come out in running shoes or how Americans call them sneakers. Now, is there a reason why? Are you more comfortable? And what brands do you come out with? Yeah, so it's always Nike Air Force high tops. Um, It is my favorite shoe. I love that shoe. I love it. I love wearing it, like, as a fashion statement. I'll wear it to the grocery store. I'll probably wear it to an outing. Um, but, yeah, so those are my favorite shoes. I never liked the look of wrestling boots. Um, okay. To be, to be completely fair, I can't say I, like, tried tried any wrestling boots to say that I don't like wearing them. <laughs> I just don't like how they look, so I imagine mm. I wouldn't feel super comfortable wearing them either. Okay, okay. And the way that I have my gear, I've always kind of had, um, you know, like, they're not kick pad covers because I don't have kick pads, but they kind of go over my legs. And I always thought it looked better with Nikes than it does with wrestling boots. And like, and I do kind of try to bring a little bit of my own personality into wrestling. Sure. So, you know, nine out of 10 female wrestlers or wrestlers in general wear wrestling boots. I don't. <laughs> and I like that. I like being a little bit different. And I, I find it, I'm one of the few people that finds it comfortable to wrestle in them. Um, I know some people come up to me and they're like, oh, wow, how do you wear those? Like, sure. your feet are good in that. And I'm like, yeah, I, it's comfortable for me. I like it. So, and um, it looks nice. I like how it looks. Well, there you go. And like how you said, again, your branding, like, this is unique. You stand out this way. You don't have your typical wrestling shoes or boots on. Look, we're talking about it now. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And to be honest, my, when... I agree. The old school wrestling boots, there was just something about them, especially like the shiny ones, like the Teddy Biasi ones, the Hulk Hogan ones, like those type. There's just something about them that was like yells old school, old man-ish type thing. Like, you know what I mean? And again, no yeah. offense to anyone who likes them, hey, to each his own. But the first introduction I got to kick pads was when 123 Kid or X-Pac showed up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, look at his feet. That looks so cool. This guy looks like a ninja. And ever since then, I fell in love with the kick pad. But again, it has to be a nice snug one like you sometimes you see like these lazy ones where the straps hanging out or or the tongue of the running shoe is popping out and like, no no make it nice and crisp where it looks like one full sleeve oh uh, that to me that's the perfect wrestling boot in my opinion oh yeah those look good i like those okay so for those who don't know you were just recently featured in inside fitness magazine so how did all this come to be have you always wanted to be featured in magazines are you a part-time model now what's going on <laughs> 
yeah, so I always wanted to be inside a fitness magazine. Um, fitness is one of my biggest passions. I've been working okay. out since I was 15. Uh, never missed more than a couple days at the gym in the oh, wow. 16 years of working out. So I'm really passionate about that. Um, so I've always wanted to kind of be, you know, the goal or the dream one day is to be on a cover of a fitness magazine. Sure. So this was something where I did a couple photo shoots and I had the opportunity to submit my pictures and hope for the best. And luckily for me this year, I made it into the hot and fit hundred. So I'm really excited about that. It was a bit of a dream come true and nice. definitely hoping that one year in the near future, I can land the cover. So again, I guess you had a good experience. You liked the whole process. Everything involved was good for you. Yeah, absolutely. I love doing photo shoots. I think they're super fun. Um, You know, I'm not one of those people that loves taking selfies or pictures. Like, it's funny because I do photo shoots, but like, (laughs) I won't. I'll go out and I'll have an experience and I'll never take a selfie. I'm just not that person. But I absolutely love the process of a photo shoot. Like, I think the photographer, everyone that kind of does your hair and makeup and just the outfits you choose like you just feel so beautiful and so empowered and I absolutely love it. I have so much fun doing those pictures. So I definitely want to continue doing that. Okay. How about in a perfect world, if you got presented to you, what would you pick as the product or company to model or be in a magazine for? Definitely fitness. Like it it would have to be like muscle and fitness or something like that. Like something. Yeah. Like I would love to absolutely love to just cause it's been my passion ever since I was, you know, my mid teens. So what attracts you to work? Cause I'm on the opposite end. Like luckily I have good genes and DNA where I can't really gain too much weight. So mm-hmm. I really don't have, it's bad to say now that I'm getting older, I should be doing more exercise, but I try and go for walks. That's the most exercise I do, but there's just something about it where I don't get the adrenaline. I'm always tired. I, I friggin' hate working out. To tell you the truth. What is it about working out that you love and attracted you to it at, at first? You know, it's so hard to say because a lot of people are in your shoes and I do hear that a lot where people are like, how are you so motivated? Like right? I never want to work out. We're like, I'm very much the opposite. And, and to be completely fair, Again, I'm going to say, like, wrestling kind of changed my life because when I was young, like, I was 13, 14, reading everyone's autobiographies and reading people's journeys. And, you know, you read all these things about how they'd go to wrestling training and it's like they make you do, like, thousands of sit-ups and all this and, you know, like, all the squats. So as someone who's a teenager who's reading all this, I was like, okay, like, when I start training wrestling – I want to be taken seriously and I want to go in there and I can't fail. Like, I can't go in there and be weak. So – when I was 15, I was like, I need to start working out. Right. So mm. I like, I vividly remember I started doing home workouts and I'd do like, like 30 seconds of jumping jacks in my bedroom. And like that to me was hard at the time. Right. Oh, Cause wow. I've never really done that. Sure. So like you do stuff and <laughs> you know, at first it was like, Oh man, this is hard. I suck at this. But the more I did it, the more I started branching out into different stuff. Like I tried kickboxing classes oh, and martial okay. arts and then sure. I did different types of weightlifting. I think it's just something about it. Like, it makes me forget about the world. It's kind of like me time. So mm. I'll go in there and no matter what's happening in my life, like I'm just, I'm feeling good. I'm distracted like from all the stuff in my life. I'm focused on what I'm doing. And eventually it just got to the point where you start seeing results, right? Like you start looking at yourself um. in the mirror and you're like, Oh, like here's some muscle tone or I look really good or I'm really yeah. like proud of myself. Right. And, and then it gets to the point where you're doing it for so long where you have other goals. Like I love seeing, like, oh, I haven't been able to deadlift more than this weight for six months, and today I was able to do, like, 10 pounds heavier. And then, like, it's just, it almost gets, I don't want to say addicting, but it's just one of those things where, to me now, I really look forward to it. And 
it's almost like I, I always kind of link it to smoking. Like if I stop working out for like three days in a row, mm-hmm. like the first day I'm like, okay, like this is okay. The second day I'm kind of like, eh, I should work out. And the third day I'm like crazy. <laughs> like I'm literally like, right. I need a gym. Like somebody give me a gym where I'm going to be like, it's like the hangry version of not working out, you know? So like, this is where I'm at now. And it's one of those things where I just feel so good doing it. Like I absolutely love it. And I don't view it as a punishment for the body. I look at it as like a celebration of what I can do. So something that always makes me excited to go in and just see what I'm capable of doing that day. That's awesome to hear. And Okay, so a regular routine, do you incorporate everything? Do you like, like you said, do you work more on cardio? Do you work more on toning? What's like your preferred workout? So I I love, love, love just your regular like weightlifting, bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, I do incorporate cardio. I do. Um, I lift six days a week. So I do six days on, one day off. So okay. I rest one day a week. Um, two of those days are cardio days and I mix in a bit of sprints or like high intensity workouts or like a CrossFit wad. And I also try to mix in one of those days being like a longer cardio session. And the other days I do a bit of a split between upper body, lower body, and I just do traditional weightlifting. Um, in the past I've, I've, you know, tried stuff like CrossFit only or other kinds of classes and it's good. It's a good workout, but I just find I'm happiest and I enjoy it the most when I'm doing what I'm doing now, which is just my, my weightlifting and then a little bit of cardio sprinkled in there. And that makes me happy. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Okay. So let's move on to some other hobbies and interests. What's been the best television series you've watched recently? Yellowstone. I know everyone's okay. saying that. No, that's fair. I haven't watched it, so I'm not one of those people. Okay, yeah, you know, it's it's a fun show. It's a little bit different. It's a different lifestyle. It's uh, it's obviously like it's cowboys. You know, like it's it's different, but I think it's a super good show. It's like a mixture of like you have a little bit of your crime in there. You have a little bit sure. of country living. You know, it's it's fun. So I I truthfully don't have a lot of time for TV. I really don't. So. You know, if so, like all my friends are like, oh, you need to watch this and you need to watch this. I and know, I'm trying to write stuff lot. down, you know, and it goes like a year and they're like, did you watch it yet? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, so, so it's one of those where I try, like if I have, you know, half an hour before I go to bed or something, I'll lay down, I'll watch something. So I don't watch too much stuff, but that's been the one that I do watch when I've had time. So that's the one I'm going to say, I guess. How about movies-wise? Even if you don't watch them, what's been your typical genre over the years that you typically like to watch? So my two favorite genres, and I probably, I don't want to say these are the only genres I watch because I, sure. I don't watch whatever, but my two favorite and my go-to will be action movies okay. and comedy. I love Ooh. a good, stupid comedy, like something I can just watch and laugh at. Like, it doesn't have, like, you know, people want something intricate like i just want something like reno 911 or like <laughs> this is the end or pineapple express like something stupid sure. humor so i love that no i totally understand to me i love mindless tv and mindless movies like because uh, the real world's hard enough as it is i don't need to go and get depressed and watch a drama about people being depressed to bring me down yeah. again like you know it's true like i love wrestling so obviously i'm into quirky stuff already to begin with so i could suspend disbelief in any genre across the board so you get me in there to me as long as there's a half decent story and it's hilarious and or interesting hook line and sinker i'm good oh yeah absolutely i'm the exact same so what haven't been some of your either favorite franchises or recent movies then uh so the most recent thing i actually watched was black adam 
um, mm. because, you know, I'm a huge Dwayne Johnson fan. <laughs> How did you, you like listen. it, even as a rock fan? Because I've heard... You, eh. you know what? I find movies these days, and for most of them anyway, they're very, like, you start watching them, and you can pretty much tell what the storyline's going to be within, like, the first five minutes of the movie. That's true. So it's very typical, right? Like, you're like, oh, okay, this is probably what's going to happen, which is exactly what happened. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it enough, right? Like, it was, I wasn't going into it being like, this is going to be so cool or whatever. Like, I just went and I was like, this is going to be, whatever, a fun movie to suspend my disbelief. And that's that. So I liked it. It wasn't, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is the greatest movie I've seen, but I liked it. Um, and then the other thing was Top Gun Maverick. I really liked okay. the original Top Gun. Right. So I watched that. And again, same kind of deal where you kind of know what the story is going to be when you watch it. But I liked it anyway. I thought it was pretty good so but again if it's done correctly because it's sort of like the same thing in wrestling half the storylines you know what the outcome is but if they do it correctly and or they swerve you as they say then that to me that's perfect because it's it's about the journey as they say it's not about the ending right so as long as like for example the bloodline whole thing is like one of the best storylines going over the years and it's still going to to this day like and we still don't know what the end game is everyone thinking it's going to be tag team titles mm-hmm. at wrestlemania and stuff but it's like who who knows because everyone thought this like sammy joining at the beginning oh this only lasted a couple of weeks he's gonna turn whatever and look how long they stretched that right yeah exactly okay before we get out of here and we plug our shit are you a gamer so i was more so a gamer when i was like between you know 18 and i don't know like 24 25 okay. because i had a lot more free time i'm not really a Again, gamer yeah anymore i don't have time for it but i absolutely love um the drake uncharted series i love the lara croft series tomb raider and mortal Kombat is one of my favorite things now the originals like the ones that were in the arcades like to me my favorite of all time is part two then part three is a close are you more of the recent ones so i grew up on them when i was a kid so i love the whole thing like Obviously, the more recent ones are kind of met. Like, I know some of the characters like Shiva and stuff are not there anymore. So I do miss, like, the older characters. And honestly, my favorite gaming, like, station, I think, would be Nintendo 64. I think some of the coolest, more fun games were on that console. So I like the older stuff. Like, even the new Tomb Raider, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't love the new Tomb Raider. Oh, I loved it. To me, it's probably right up there. Like, almost on the same level as Uncharted. The only thing that puts Uncharted better than Tomb Raider is the production quality. But storyline and everything, and even gameplay, it's on right there for me. Yeah, I don't know if I just don't like the way they did the whole, like, you start her off as, like, you know, this is her being young. And then she's kind of not the same character that she's been the whole time. Maybe that's kind of what's throwing me off. So... You know, I kind of enjoyed the older ones more. But, yeah, I think I think almost everything that I enjoy would be, like, from when I was younger. Maybe it's the nostalgia of it. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the newer stuff is great quality, right? Like, it's well, great like, graphics and everything. But, but I do enjoy the older stuff a little bit more. Okay, so who was your go-to character in Mortal Kombat? So, it was Shiva when she was there. But now okay. I use Melina. Because okay. I think she, she's hot and she can beat people up you know <laughs> kind of like what i'm trying to be i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair i always went with johnny cage there was just again for, from the original because i was a huge rob van damme fan rob van damme wow john claude van damme I'm, my mind's on wrestling here <laughs> close, enough, yeah. close enough yeah you know but yeah it was you know everything about john claude van damme back in the day blood sport kickboxer i grew up on that shit that's what pretty much made me become a, an mma fan to this day and to see a character like that almost exactly like him in a video game oh it was perfect for me Oh, yeah, I hear that, yeah. 
All right, Nikita, thank you so much for coming aboard today. Really appreciate it. Plug whatever you want to promote to your socials, upcoming shows. Floor is all yours. Yes, please follow me on Instagram at Nikita Russells, and that's W-R-E-S-T-L-E-S. Sometimes people think it's Russells, like the last name, which it is not. I don't have a last name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, please, Instagram and Twitter, same handle, at Nikita Russells. And I'd love to hear from any of my fans. If they want to message me, I try to respond to as many DMs as I can. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, stay, if you follow any one of those, you'll see all my recent shows that I have coming up. And hopefully I can see some fans there. Thank you so much for having me on here. It was a blast. No, thank you. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors. Because if it helps them, almost definitely helps me out. Most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. And if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast and you like what you heard, please go back and listen to episodes featuring other female wrestlers like Alexia, Nicole, Baby Doll, and the legendary... To me, one of the greatest women's champions of all time who should be in the Hall of Fame, who is not a, right now, which is a blasphemy, jazz. So please go check out those past episodes and all that fun stuff. Okay, one last question before I let you go. I don't really think you mentioned it throughout the show and I was trying to pull it out of you, but what is your favorite, again, either or male or female match of all time that you could just watch over and over? I think my favorite match ever would probably be the TLC number one between the Hardys, Dudleys. Oh, that's a good one. I love, like, those three and their feud was fantastic. And anything with them I can watch over and over again. But I absolutely love that match. I think, like, for that time frame, it was unbelievable. No, I totally agree. And what they did for tag team wrestling at the time, because, again, everyone knows WWE was never big on tag teams after, like, the 80s when it was, I think, the golden era of tag teams. Then all of a sudden you see slowly but surely, no tag, everyone mashed together, wasn't real tag teams. And they sort of brought it back. And then to see pretty much all of them, with maybe the exception of Devon, going out and winning world titles, my God, right? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Those guys put on one of the greatest matches ever. Everyone still talks about it. You know, it kind of shaped wrestling today, right, in terms of they even have a TLC pay-per-view at one point. And, yeah, it, it was a history-making match, and I absolutely loved it. So Awesome. On that note, she's Nikita. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.